and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. This is me, Warren Landis. I am your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And uh, once again, I want to say hello to our audience on Anchor FM and also Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at uh, Sunshine USA. Great to have you tuned in. Um, We're in a study right now of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I tell you, this is the greatest sermon ever preached, I believe, (laughs) by the greatest preacher who ever lived. His name is Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know too many preachers that would be bold enough to say that they actually preach better than Jesus. I know I don't. Uh, I tell you, if I could be only half the preacher that Jesus was, I'd be doing pretty good. But uh, Jesus, in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, we find the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, As I've said, I believe on the two previous broadcasts, Bible scholars are divided on the question of whether or not this was a single sermon or a series of sermons. Uh, I tend to believe that this is a series of sermons simply because of the uh, number of topics that are dealt with here. Because in these three chapters that make up the Sermon on the Mount, we have uh, literally all kinds of topics that uh, come to light. And I can't imagine a sermon dealing with that many topics preached all at one time. Uh, It more likely was a series of sermons. Amen. (laughs) And uh, there's some good stuff here. Now, I actually heard a preacher the other day felt like uh, some preachers today spend too much time talking about Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount and things like that. They said the only part of the Bible, in their opinion, that applies to us is the books of the Bible that Paul wrote. Well, I take issue with that. And my belief is the whole Bible is written for me and my benefit. (laughs) The whole Bible is God's love letter to me and to you as a Christian. The whole Bible. Not just bits and pieces of it. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Well, let's uh, get into the Word. But first, uh, before we get into the Word, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I want to pray right now that you'll be with me as I endeavor to teach your Word. Lord, you know my heart. I don't desire to say anything you don't want me to say, and I don't desire to not say anything that you want me to say. And Lord, I pray that you will be with each person listening to this podcast right now. Lord, I pray that you will help them to listen carefully and to heed the words of this message. Lord, we pray for the different needs in our radio audience. We have some that are sick. We have some that are having financial difficulties. 
We have some that are having marital difficulties. We have students that are having trouble in school. Lord, you know the needs out there. You know the problems. You know what people are going through. And Lord, I know that you have a solution to every problem. Your solution is always the best solution, Lord. And I pray that your will be done in each and every case. Not our will, but your will. Not what we want, but what you want for us, Lord. Because we know that ultimately, that is best. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do as a result of the word being taught right now on this particular podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 17. Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 17. But I do want to say one word of quick review about what we did yesterday. Yesterday, you know, we talked about being salt and light in a sin-darkened world. And I want to draw your attention to what we read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It was the last verse that we studied yesterday. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, that was a key point right there. And I don't know that I stressed it enough yesterday, but the way that you and I live, the way that you and I live, the way that we behave, the way we conduct ourselves, it needs to be that which glorifies God. In other words, we need to live according to the way that God has told us to live. Now this, of course, is a thought that goes right into today's message, starting in verse 17, and we'll read through verse 20. Think that that not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law to all be fulfilled. Whoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness exceed that of the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's verse 20. Now, one of the things that Jesus is emphasizing here is he has not come to destroy the law. Now, you know, today we we talk about the fact that we live... in the age of grace, not in the age of the law. Now, some people falsely interpret that as meaning that today we get to live any which way we want to. And I maintain nothing could be further from the truth. 
For example, let's take a look at the Ten Commandments. And once again, bearing in mind, Jesus says, I haven't come to do away with the law. I've come to fulfill the law. But now let's take a look for a moment at the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, which literally means thou shalt not commit murder. Now, is that a sin today? Yes. Just because uh, we're now living in the age of grace and not the age of the law doesn't mean that we're free to commit murder. You commit a murder, you're going to be arrested. You're probably going to be indicted and you'll probably be convicted and you'll go to prison. Because you see, murder is just as uh, much a sin against God as it was 4,000 or so years ago when Moses gave the Ten Commandments, or I should say when God gave the Moses the Ten Commandments. That's just as much a sin against God today as it was 4,000 years ago. The Bible says, Thou shalt not steal. Exodus chapter 20, Thou shalt not steal. Is thievery a sin today? Absolutely. You could go to jail today for stealing just like you could 4,000 years ago. In fact, back in biblical times, if you stole, you could actually be sentenced to die. It was a capital offense. Take a look at the two thieves on the cross that Jesus was crucified on. Jesus had on either side of him two thieves. They were guilty of robbing people. And for that, they got the death penalty. But today, 2,000 years later, stealing is still wrong. It's still a sin. Jesus did not come, away, come to do away with the law. Now, I will admit, it's great and it's liberating to be under grace and not under law. But being under grace, like I say, is not, and I repeat, it is not, a license to sin. It is not a license to live any which way you want. The beautiful thing about this dispensation of grace that we're living in now is the fact that we're not saved by works. You and I going to heaven, you and I having eternal life. It has nothing to do with us Obeying the law, keeping the law, or anything like that. It has everything to do with the fact that we're saved by grace. I have to admit, you see, that even at my best, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the good news is, the Lord gives me salvation by grace. I don't deserve it, but the Lord gives me grace. But that doesn't mean that the law is done away with. 
In fact, Paul taught us that uh, the law was like a schoolmaster. The purpose of the law was to teach us what God expected of us. You see, I believe very firmly that when we get saved, it matters how we live. Now, living a good, clean life is not going to save you, but I think it's something that is expected of us as Christians once we are saved and come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You see, the fact of the matter is we're not keeping the law today in order to be saved. We are keeping the law today because we are saved. We do know that it matters how we live. As I pointed out on yesterday's broadcast, I pointed out that um, the only gospel some people will hear is the gospel that they see when they look at the way you live. You see, if you're a professing Christian, people are looking at your life. They are looking to see how you handle different situations. Unfortunately, we have too many Christians today that want to see how much like the world they can be and still be a Christian. And I can see why a lot of people today who were unsaved, they'll tell Christians, you know, look, if my life is going to be no better or no different after I get saved than it is now, what is the whole point of me getting saved in the first place? Because if I live like you, and you're living like me, there's no difference. I think the Lord expects us to live a godly life. And then notice at the end of this passage, Jesus makes a very powerful point. He says, accept your righteousness exceed that of the Sadducees and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, the Pharisees were very big sticklers on the law. They came up with a long list of laws. In fact, even in the Bible. Now, you know, as I said a while ago, Exodus chapter 20, we find the Decalogue, also known as the Ten Commandments. But even beyond that, we have all kinds of additional laws that are listed. And the Pharisees took those laws and they added some more laws of their own. For example, you take the, the law that says, uh, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Well, <clears throat> you know, when the Pharisees saw that they weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath, they said, you know, it seems to me that it would be sinful or wrong to, for a person to walk more than a certain distance on the Sabbath. Because if you walk too long or too far on the Sabbath, then guess what? Your feet are going to get tired. Your feet are going to drag the ground, and that would be plowing, which of course would be work and therefore a sin. I mean, w w we think about that and we think, how ridiculous, but... That's the way the Pharisees thought. Everything they did put an emphasis on what person, what people did, or in some cases, what they didn't do. 
one of the things I, I remember when I first got saved and came to know Christ as my Savior, uh, I was very legalistic. I saw the Christian life as a long list of do's and don'ts. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. But as I grew as a Christian, I began to realize that indeed and in fact, Christianity is not a long list of do's and don'ts, but rather <laughs> it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, I don't have to worry about trying to be good enough to measure up so I can go to heaven. But once I am saved, I want to live as much like Christ as I possibly can. You know, guys, it's kind of like when you're dating a girl. Uh, now, I know this is a crude example. But, you know, guys, let's say you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a student in college. And all of a sudden you find this girl. Man, I tell you, it's seemingly love at first sight. You want to be with this girl all the time. You want to spend as much time with her as you can. You can no longer imagine life without her. And you want to be everything you can be to please her. Well, in a way, that's the way it is with us as Christians. The Lord saves us by grace through faith, not of works. But once we are saved, once we are saved, we should have that desire to live as much like the Lord as we possibly can. You know, that makes sense. That's perfectly logical. At least it is to me. <laughs> you know, like if you're a guy and you've got a girlfriend... You want to live in a way that's pleasing to your girlfriend. You want to go out of your way not to do anything that's going to tick her off. And uh, you want to be sure to do the stuff that she likes. You know? And that's the same way it is with our relationship to God. We want to live in a way that pleases Him. We want to live in a way that uh, glorifies him. And so, like I say, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. As I've pointed out many times, every aspect of Jesus' life was forecast in the Old Testament. It was predicted in the Old Testament. And as Jesus lived his life, those prophecies were fulfilled. The prophets in the Old Testament, they had a lot to say about Jesus. They had a lot to say about the end time. And Jesus came to set everything in motion to fulfill all that. Now, <clears throat> starting with the very next broadcast, you're going to see that Jesus, in one sense of the word, has a stricter interpretation of the law than what we find in Exodus chapter 20. 
For example, in the very next broadcast, we're going to be talking about things like murder and killing. But you see, the law of Moses dealt with the actual act of murder. But Jesus taught the way that you think, along with your motives, that all counts as well. So it's, it serves as further proof of the fact that Jesus has not come to do away with the law or to destroy the law, but rather to fulfill the law. For example, when you buy a new car, that new car, chances are, is going to come with an owner's manual. And um, it's going to tell you how to take care of the car. It's going to tell you how to properly maintain your car. It's going to tell you how to do certain types of repairs. And without constantly referring to that manual, you'll not get the most out of your new car. Well, I can tell you, now I know this is a crude illustration, but for us as Christians, the Bible is God's holy word. It is God's manual. It is God's manual that tells us how to live. It tells us how to handle the different situations in life. It tells us how to deal with the different issues that come up in our life. And I believe the Bible either directly addresses or at least has biblical principles that apply to any and every situation that we find ourselves in. Amen. So I hope that... Uh, this lesson today has gone a long way to tell you that we should thank the Lord for the law, not so that we can obey the law in order to be saved, but so that we know how to live after we become saved, so that we know how to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Now, if you have any Bible study questions, I want you to know that uh, you can contact me by email. I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. The other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And if you want to, you can contact me by snail mail. My snail mail address is warrenlandis, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510. Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. It's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now, uh, those of you that uh, choose to send me a snail mail, you might want to think about uh, enclosing a financial contribution to help us out in this ministry called Sunshine USA. Now, I can assure you that any money you give will be used directly for the production of this podcast and related ministries. I must tell you, I don't receive a penny 
for doing this broadcast. I do it absolutely free. I don't receive a salary from Sunshine USA. Never have, never will. Because I want all the contributions that come in from this podcast to go directly and completely into the Ministry of Sunshine USA. And uh, you don't have to worry about me trying to pay a big staff with the money that you give because there is no big staff. I'm it. (laughs) And I'll work for free. So all the money that you give, it goes directly into this particular broadcast. And um, that's the way it is. Now, one thing about me, I don't believe in going into debt to do God's work. I believe that it's important for me to carefully budget the money that comes in. I take the position that if God wants me to do something, he will provide the funds to do it with. It's not necessary for me to get on the radio and spend hour after hour begging with you and pleading with you to give. Just pray about it. If the Lord tells you not to send anything, don't send anything. But if he tells you to send something, send it. Either way, we thank God for what I know you're going to do. Till next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.